Welcome to New Covenants Podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and that you would encounter Jesus through this message. Thanks for listening. You know, the word salvation, it comes from the Greek word soteria. And that word encompasses health, well-being, soundness, liberty. So when I talk about salvation, think about salvation in your marriage, salvation in your business, in your academics, in different aspects of your life. That your experience of this salvation, the possibility is because there is grace. But for it to manifest in your life, it comes through faith. So the discourse is by grace through faith. Now we'll get to the subject of faith later, but let's talk about grace a bit. What is grace? Ephesians 1 verse 3. Ephesians 1 verse 3. It says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now take, word of the, take note of the word, all. In, in, in what I have here, it says we have been blessed with every, some translations say with all spiritual blessings. But the location of those blessings is in heavenly places in Christ. Not in your life, in heavenly places. So there is something you need to do to transport it from that heavenly place to your life. But grace is telling us that it's available. If it was not available, you have no hope. But grace has made that possibility there. So by grace, we know that there are things, inheritances in Christ for us. And take note of in Christ, meaning you have to be a believer to access this. So grace, as I would define it, is any and every possibility that exists and is domiciled in the Christ. Grace is any and every possibility that exists and is domiciled in the Christ. So if it will ever happen, it's because grace allowed for it. Grace is multidimensional. Grace is multidimensional. We are very used to what I would call the saving grace. But there is another dimension of, God, of grace called the enabling grace. Grace is multidimensional. When we go to Titus 2 verse 11, Titus 2 verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. This is one dimension of grace. That there is the grace of God that has provided for salvation to any man. That if you call upon the name of Jesus in Nigeria, in the US, in Asia, wherever you are, that grace is available to make you saved. That is the saving grace. But the grace of God is not limited to just the saving grace. There is what I would call the enabling grace. Let's go to 1 Peter 5 verse 10. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. It says, but may the grace of May the God of all grace, who had called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. It says, after you have suffered a while, perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, settle you. So that same grace that saved you, it can perfect you. It can establish you. It can strengthen you. That same grace can settle you. Didn't the Bible say that we should come boldly to his throne of grace so that we'll obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need? So as a believer, if you're experiencing weakness, there is the grace of God that can strengthen you. So grace is multidimensional. It's not just the saving grace. There is the enabling grace of God 
Paul understood this. So when Paul was giving um, part of his letters to the churches, he said, I am who I am by the grace of God. He said, but this grace was not showered in that I labored. I labored more abundantly, but he tied his labor back to that grace, that that grace can empower a man. If you don't have strength now, that's okay. If you encounter that grace, it can strengthen you. Grace is multidimensional. Grace is multidimensional. When you look at Romans chapter 6, verse 14, Romans 6, verse 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So that same grace that saves, it can give you power over sin. It can give you dominion over sin, that you don't have to walk in sin anymore. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, no. That means this grace can give you strength, dominion, capacity to resist sin. The grace of God is multidimensional. The reason I talk about this is that many times as believers, we are very used to the saving grace of God, where it looked like we didn't do anything, and we did not. Jesus did everything for us. He, 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 he won the victory, and he gave it to us. He shared, like Pastor Moore will always say, he shared that love with us. But if I'm going to be honest... There was still something we did to experience it here in this realm. Remember, there are two realities. Realities in Christ and realities in experience. And grace provides for these realities. But it's going to take something to bring it into your experience. So when we talk about salvation, Romans 10, 8 to 10. Let's just read that real quick. Romans 10, I want to show you the role we had to play in experiencing salvation in our life. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if a baby is born today, we just dedicated those babies. Maybe two, three, four, five, six years from now, one of them encounters the Lord and says, I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus. I want to have a relationship with him. God is not going to try to create salvation. He's there already. But there is something that he or she has to do to experience it in his or her life. We have a role to play. The grace of God talks about everything that Christ has wrought for us. In his victory. We are not trying to do something new. We have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. But there is a location in heavenly places. Our goal is to activate what is already there. We are not trying to do something new. If we are trying to do something new, we don't have any guarantee. But Jesus has won that victory. So our job now is to activate it. So that what God said should be, would be in our own lives. We have a role to play. We have a role to play in making the grace of God manifest in our lives. That role is faith. The role that we have to play to make sure that this grace of God that is so lavish in our lives, the grace of, when I talk about the grace of God, we're talking of prosperity. We're talking of spiritual fervency. We're talking of any bounty you, you see in, in Christ, speed in your life. 
direction, whatever it is, as long as it is in the Christ, it is grace that provides it. But faith is that connector, that ladder that makes it come down from heaven to your life. And as I'm talking, I know there are a lot of people that have walked with God for years, and you've seen his grace in many areas, but it may be that there is one other area that you may have not seen that grace walking. So this message is to call us to press deeper to ensure that God's grace manifests in all aspects of our life. And I'm not preaching from a point of self-righteousness. I am also a hungry soul crying and pressing deep into God. The connector that transports these blessings from that heavenly place to our lives in experience is faith. Let's define faith. Faith is the action of obedience you take in response to your belief in God. Faith is the action of obedience you take in response to your belief in God. Faith is not just belief. Belief is part of faith. But faith, Bible faith, is an action you take, an action of obedience based on your belief of who God is. It is the action you take based on your conviction of God and his ability to do that which he says. Bible faith. Bible faith is predicated on two major qualities of God. Two qualities of God. That if you know these two qualities, it can sponsor faith in you. Faith that can move mountains. The first one is his integrity. That if I know that God is a God of integrity, I can have faith to trust him. Numbers 23 verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God became a man, but he's not a man. If he was a man, then who will he worship? God is not a man. When he says God is not a man that he should lie, he's not just calling men liars. It is intrinsic in men to promise something but not be able to do it. But this scripture is telling us that when God says something, it's because he has checked his, his capacity. He has checked his portfolio. Hidden in this scripture is God's manifesto. From Genesis to Revelation, he has dropped this Bible for us so that we can look and see that if he did it before, he can do it again. So God is not a man that he should lie. If I I know that God is not a man. I can believe him. He's not going to tell you something today and have to apologize tomorrow. That I, I thought I could do this, but, but I found out that it's beyond me. Didn't he say that all power, all power belongs to him? The second quality of God that if we know and understand, he can sponsor faith, is his ability that God is a God of integrity, but he's also a God of ability. Ephesians 3 verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God is saying that 
you, you should ask anything you can ask. And if your mouth is limited, use your mind that can go very far. As much as your mind can fathom, can think, he still, he still has power enough to fulfill it in your life. When you know that God is a God of ability, you, you, you have Bible faith. The faith that can move mountains. The faith, the faith that can cause change in your life. God is a God of integrity and a God of ability. God is a God of integrity and a God of ability. When you look at Genesis 21 verse 1, you will see this manifestation where he told Sarah that he was going to come. He says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, integrity. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, ability. God is a God of integrity and ability. Now, to wrap up tonight, I thought to share three actions of faith. Remember, the title is By Grace Through Faith. It's not just grace. Grace has provided for all these things. But we need to walk in faith to make them manifest in our lives. So I want to share with you what are three actions of faith that we can walk away with today and say, if I do these three things, I can transport some realities that I am looking for in Christ to become realities in my experience. Actions of faith. There are many more of them, but I just thought of three. Number one, the study of the word. The study of the word. Now, the word of God, when we study the word of God, when we read the word of God, we desire fellowship, we desire communion. We are trying to know more of God because the word contains his methodology, how God operates, how he thinks, how he works. You know, when you look at scripture, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Some translations call it an expected end. So you know this about God, and it guides your work with him. But when you study scripture, more than all that, scripture contains three primary things. Number one, scripture contains promises. Scripture contains prophecies. And scripture contains principles. Promises prophecies and principles when we talk about promises what the grace of god affords you that you see from scripture that i am the head and not the tail that's a promise you see from scripture that the part of the just is as a shining light it shines ever brighter onto the path on onto the perfect day that is a promise from scripture so you can carry that promise through faith and run and make sure it manifests in your life by the spirit prophecies the Bible also contains prophecies, things that will happen in the future. So the things that are happening in our world today, for, you know, the news, it's breaking news. But for us, we already knew it since. Because the Bible told us that rumors of wars will come and all these things will happen. So for us, this is old information. The Bible contains prophecies. But very importantly, the Bible contains principles. That when you study the word of God as an action of faith, hidden in that scripture are principles. Principles. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys to the, the, key to the kingdom is Jesus, but there are keys of the kingdom. And with those keys, you can, you can work wonders in your life. That people will look at you and say, they glorified God in me. That will be your testimony that they glorified God in me when you handle these keys. 
For example, you're struggling with finances and then you go to the Bible and you see in Proverbs 13 verse 4 that the soul of a lazy man desired and had nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So from scripture, you see that diligence is a key. It says, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall not stand before me men, he shall stand before kings. So scripture is showing you that diligence is a key. You can walk with diligence and experience that financial breakthrough you're looking for. Are you struggling with your consistency with God? You go to scripture. Scripture says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So the word of God builds you up. You look at scripture. It says, I, I will give myself continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So the Bible shows you keys that you can apply in your life and walk in spiritual consistency and fervency. The first action of faith you can take is intentional word study intentional word study the second action of faith i'm going to rush the last two the second one is prayer the place of prayer now prayer was largely designed for communication fellowship communion it's also a place for petition that you can go and ask the father in his name he said he will give you but there's another dimension of prayer that we are not very used to luke 9 verse 29 Luke 9 verse 29. It says, and as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistering. This was Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. That as he prayed, something was happening to him. He was changing. You can, you can submit yourself to prayer and become a new version, a better version of yourself. Show me a weak believer, somebody that just gave his life to Christ today. Submit that believer to prayer and you're going to see a strong believer. Do you lack discernment? Submit yourself to prayer and you will see the discerning version of you. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. You may be walking with lack of direction. You're struggling to hear the voice of God. Prayer can change you into that version that, that interacts with him with ease. So when we want to manifest this, activate these realities that are in Christ in our life, one of the channels, one of the actions of faith is prayer. When I talk about prayer, not just need-based prayer, prayer that, that builds fellowship, communion, prayers of the kingdom. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. The third action of faith the third action of faith I have here is self-discipline. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, self-discipline. It says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This was Paul the Apostle speaking. Remember, Paul was the man that finished his course. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. And in this scripture, he's showing us the secret to achieving all he did. He said, I discipline myself. I discipline my body. I discipline my body. Discipline is an action of faith. In your walk with God, in your journey of faith, you must be disciplined. There are times where your body will say no, but you have to force it to say yes. There are other times your body will say yes, but you tell it no. In your walk with God, discipline is required. There are times that God will give you an instruction that is not comfortable. 
He will tell you that from now to the end of the year, you are fasting three times every week. It's not comfortable. It's not a doctrine. It's just for you and him. It's going to take discipline. And if you're a young person here, this is very important for you especially. Because while you're young, you have the time, you have the energy, your youth. Lamentations 3 verse 27. He said, it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. It is good for a man to bear that yoke in his youth. Because in your youth, you have time. Chances are you don't have as many responsibilities. So you can bear the yoke. What yoke? The yoke of your destiny. The price it takes to fulfill your calling. Discipline is a non-negotiable part of this faith journey. Discipline. God will give you instructions that will cost you. Can you be disciplined enough? Can you tell your body no when he's saying yes? The topic is by grace, through faith. That in Christ, there are realities for us. What the Bible calls our inheritance. But it may be that we, we are not experiencing that grace in our lives. That enabling grace. So now scripture is telling us that faith is that channel that brings that grace into our lives. And there are three actions of faith we can take this night. To be intentional in our word study. To be intentional and consistent in our prayer lives. And to be self-disciplined. By grace, true faith. I'm going to wrap up now and pray and just give the mic to Pastor David to round us off. But I want to ask you a question. Is there something you're struggling with currently? Maybe it's a financial challenge. Maybe it's a marital challenge. Maybe it's a bodily challenge. Or your academics. Or is there a habit you're trying to break? The grace of God has the solution. The grace of God has your freedom, your liberty. But it's going to take faith. There is a role you will have to play to make that manifest in your life. Grace provides access. Faith provides experience. Grace makes it possible. No, grace makes it available, but faith makes it possible. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we say thank you. I want you to ask the Lord, open my eyes to see what role I have to play in my faith work with you. Just begin to open your mouth and pray. Lord, what role do I have to play in my faith work with you? I have seen that the equation is by grace through faith. That faith is an action word. There is a role I have to play. Lord, what role do I have to play? We've talked about three roles, but God might have the fourth one for you. For some people, God has three more that he wants you to to take note of. So ask God, Lord, what is the role I have to play to make manifest that which I desire in Christ? Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes. I know that your grace has provided a lot of bounties for me. But what is the role I have to play? Lord, show us the role we have to play. Show us, Lord. Give us understanding of what we have to do to make manifest that which your grace has made available for us. Thank you, Spirit of the living God.
thank you for planting a desire, a fresh fire in our hearts to take those actions of faith. And I pray if there's somebody here struggling with any sickness, bodily sickness, receive your healing now in the name of Jesus. I pray if there's somebody struggling financially, receive grace. And I pray for the students, receive grace, grace to finish strong in Jesus' name. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.